The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, and it is Draft Week 2018, which is why we're recording this a little bit early this week. Not only does my schedule get crazier later in the week, but I wanted you to get the information early so that you can place your bets. We've got stuff on the NFL Draft, the NFL schedule. Steve's already made some NFL Week 1 bets. An NBA update, NHL update, all kinds of things to get into. Presented by BetOnline.ag, the online gaming website of choice for the Even Money Podcast because they've got the best odds and the fastest payouts. More on BetOnline.ag a little bit later. He is the unquestioned star of the show, way more knowledgeable than I am. Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling at Fezzik Sports on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, and a former NFL offensive lineman. Our Twitter handle for all the shows at RTF Podcast. All right, Steve, there's actually a lot of NFL stuff to get into this week, which is exciting. We had the schedule come out last Thursday night. We have the draft coming up in a couple days. Now, we talked last week about some of the draft prop bets that you really like. Have you seen any movement on those? Are there any others that that you're really looking at so far as we record this uh, Monday afternoon? Oh, my goodness. The movement is enormous, I bet. Quarterbacks taken in the first two rounds, over five and a half. I laid around minus 300. Now it's minus 550. So you got to bet 550 just to win 100. One at the Las Vegas Westgate. Who will get drafted first? They open Lamar Jackson. Pick him. Minus $1.10 against Mason Rudolph. Now obviously Lamar Jackson, an enormous favorite. The early bird gets the worm. Wait a minute. At one point, Lamar Jackson and Mason Rudolph were pick em? I tell you, you uh, during the offseason, you should get out here, spend a couple weeks in Las Vegas, make some money, right? Wow, that's interesting. What about um, 
so so that they're they're that confident that six quarterbacks are going to go in the first round because I'm not. I got to be honest, with you, I'm not. Oh, I'm extremely confident. Here's why. I guess I'll call it the Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady factor. You get a franchise quarterback. He's worth a good six points in the line. If you make a good selection on a starting, no offense, Russ, starting offensive lineman that's solid, he's worth about half a point to the line. So it makes sense for any team take, that needs any sort of quarterback selecting in the second round to take a flyer, even though Rudolph probably shouldn't be a second-round pick. It makes sense to throw the, if you will, the lottery ticket on him because if he does pan out, he's worth so much to your franchise. Oh, 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 wait a minute. So that was over five and a half for the first two rounds? Correct, yes. Oh, okay, okay. And I knew you had said that last week. I thought you were saying now it was five and a half for the first round. Yeah, and I actually think Rudolph might go at the end of the first round, but that's very dicey. I agree, five and a half is a good number for the first round, but you give me the second round also. It's as close to a sure thing as you're ever going to find. I know you hate to lay five to make a dollar, but let's face it, you're not tying up your money for more than a few days. It's probably still a good bet. Yeah, I I, I would take that bet. I, I think that there's a pretty darn good chance that they have six quarterbacks go in the first two rounds. I can't imagine that Rudolph and Lamar Jackson, it might even be more than that. I mean, there's a chance that some of these teams, even in the back around two, that, you know, need the heir apparent might kind of Jimmy Garoppolo it, you know, like the Patriots did, and take a Kyle Lalletta or a Mike White or one of these guys. I absolutely think that that's a possibility. So, um, yes, that's looking good. So basically, but you didn't you didn't bet the Mason Rudolph Lamar Jackson thing, or did you? I did not, and it's an example. I tell you what, you know, the it's a young man's game. So if you're young and single, and you got you you got twenty four seven to run around town and be chasing all these at open, uh, because you got to get there within the first hour or two. Because after that. When word spreads like wildfire, people attack these props against the opening numbers. Steve, is that why people have syndicates or is that like it just seems to me like there are a bunch of different reasons why you would have a group of people, one of which would be you could have one person go to however many different places. You said a young man's game, but you could have like let's say you get a group of 10 guys, right? All 10 of you, you know, hit up a different place right when they open right away. So you're, you're getting better odds there, and you're also minimizing your risk a little bit. And I've certainly done that in the past. And the advantage is you get all these really good numbers. And I imagine quite a few of those who are betting this stuff were part of a syndicate or two. The disadvantage, Ross, is that you only get, if it's 10 guys, instead of getting a $500 bet down, you get a $50 bet down and you got to do all the accounting. Everyone's got to submit their spreadsheets, what plays they made for the past week. Now you got to almost hire an accountant to audit each and every person's accounts. And guess what? In this business in Las Vegas, shocker. um, When I used to work with the syndicate, there was always an issue or a problem that would come up every year. 
someone would claim one of the ancillary guys on the team would claim he got robbed. He had a gym bag stolen. I mean, what are you, what are you going to do? Or someone's going to would claim, Oh, there was money that went missing and it hits a point where you realize, you know what? It's optimal to work with 10 hardworking, honest guys that never get robbed, but that just never seems to be the case. Wow. That's crazy, man. That's, have you ever, um, while we're kind of on the topic, have you ever like felt nervous leaving a, a book? We've talked about it before where you've had to hustle out of a book um, after you've gotten the money. What about just like um, not, the, not the book or the, the casino security that you were concerned about, but what about like unscrupulous characters, if you will? You know, I actually haven't, but a big part of that is I'm, I'm really careful. Um, back in the day, now I'm betting almost all the time on the apps. Um, but back in the day, I would go in oftentimes with previous tickets. I'd keep my tickets. So I'd go in and I'd make a bet, and then I'd cash a big ticket, and the two would cancel out, and I'd walk out with another ticket. No one's ever going to rob you just to get a sports betting ticket because, you know, it's got your player's card number and everything. So um, even when I, I, on the rare occasions I had to cash something, I would usually ask for chips, not for cash. Now, not to say that the chips weren't close to a coin to cash, but there's still a hassle to cash out if you're not recognized. So that pretty much mitigated any risk that I had. I loved going to the cashless um, process and just cashed in tickets. That's how I got around ever really having to worry. And also I drive my, my Jetta car in. So I was never, it wasn't like I was pulling up in a Lambo in the parking lot as an obvious target. Okay. So question, um, you, you would change, you would put your, you would give your ticket, your winning ticket and just use that winnings to bet on another ticket. Yes. So I keep in, in my safe deposit box. Um, winning tickets from different places, and then I would just, if, if I was going out to bet, I would go ahead and bring tickets with me and kind of swap them out so I could leave literally with $5 in my wallet, come back with $5 in my wallet. Hmm. That's interesting. All right, so what, what else do you have for me on the draft now that we're getting closer? It's crazy. I mean, I just saw earlier today, where Peter King had said uh, somebody he knows very closely says it's not going to be Josh Allen for the Browns. There had been so much talk about it being Josh Allen or Sam Darnold, which means it's not going to be Josh Allen, which means it's going to be Sam Darnold. And then, boom, next thing you know, uh, Dan Patrick is saying that his sources tell him it's going to be Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen. And you hear a rumor that, it might be Baker Mayfield for the Browns at one. I mean, it is interesting, more so than I think we've had in recent years. It feels like there's a lot of misinformation going on about the number one overall pick. Yes, and many feel, I guess, Colin Cowherd was saying it was going to be Darnold, and now he says it's good chance it's going to be Josh Allen, and why would he, he change his opinion unless he had some insider information? I think it's very difficult it's similar to uh, a WWF um, competition where the Browns probably know already who's going to win, and are they giving out real information or fake information? And it's because of that, I think I would stay away. I will comment that, uh, and I'm not a evaluator of quarterback talent from college 
to the NFL, but the number one predictor of success, I know people have touted the fact for years to me that accuracy is way more important than arm strength. Um, if you can't complete your passes in college and you're not accurate, you can't teach that in the NFL. Um, example, uh, Penn State, Hackenberg, when Penn State, for a variety of reasons, gets way better when he finally leaves and Hackenberg looks to be a complete bust with the Jets. Um, there's a lot of talk that Josh Allen is just too inaccurate. So I would be shocked if he got picked number one, but I've been shocked before. Yeah, you, you never know. I, I, I tend to agree. I just can't imagine that they would end up doing that. Any other movement on NFL draft prop bets or anything else that you're really liking right now? Uh, you know, I think they largely have been taken out. And with the schedule coming out, I moved on to betting NFL week one and looking towards NFL season win soon. Nice. All right. Well, let, let's get to it. Let's get to um, let's get to some of the schedules that came out Thursday night. What what's the first thing you do when the NFL schedule comes out? I look at which teams have to go to London because I think it's an enormous uh, disadvantage when I say London, Tottenham, um, anywhere in the UK. And there's three games, and it's bad uh, as far as a disruption to have to go to London. Three games this year. Seattle is at Oakland. Well, now they're at London, or I should say they're at England. And so that's bad for Seattle to have to travel, but it's worse for Oakland, who loses a home game. Another West Coast team has to go all the way to England. Philly is at Jacksonville. Not as bad for Jacksonville have to go to England because they go there every year, um, but still bad and lose a home game. And Philly, you know, extra travel, but they are at least on the East Coast. And finally, Tennessee is very bad for the Chargers, a team that doesn't have a home field advantage to have to travel all those miles and lose a home game, a pseudo-home game in England. Those are negatives for all six of those teams. Okay, so then how, how did you take advantage of that? Did you take action on the season win totals, or you're not able to actually bet those games in October, are you? I cannot bet them yet, so I just put a mental note. I write down, these are six teams that I'll be extremely reluctant to be looking to play them over on season wins, and I'll be looking to play them under um, moving forward, and that probably means the Raiders under because I think the Raiders are perpetually overvalued by Las Vegas. Remember, Ross, last year, Oakland was a 10-win team early in the summer. That's the number the odds makers put up. They know the public loves to bet on the Raiders, and they're coming to Vegas. I think they're probably going to put like an 8.5 up this year, which I think is going to be probably almost a game too high. Got it. Okay. So um, what? So what? So you noted those things for the schedule, but you didn't actually take action on any of them yet. Is that correct? I that is correct. Although I did take action in week one, I did bet uh, three games week one as soon as the numbers came out. Okay. So before we get to those, though, on the NFL schedule, Steve. So you're telling me that you are going to lean under now for the six teams that play in London even though we already knew they were playing in London? Yes, so the information was largely already available. Um, I don't know if that – actually, I want to ask you that, Ross. We know who's playing who. Is it disclosed what the London games are, or had it been disclosed yet? 
Yeah, I think we knew who was going to London. I just don't know that we knew when when they were going to London. I think we already knew that they were going to London. Is my well, I was behind in my research then, but I'm I'm finally made aware of it. But at any rate, you think that that's that important? That's really interesting. I think the Rams, as an example, a couple years ago, single-handedly, they had to go to London, and they had so many miles that they flew. And I still got to go through these teams. I want to see their comp- composite number of miles. I think it's a, a great fade to just take whichever NFL team has to travel the most miles as being a team to look to bet against on season wins. Okay, give me something else from the schedule that matters to you. Like when you see a team has three straight road games or a team, you know, I mean, last year the Giants had played a bunch of teams coming off of buys, played a bunch of teams coming off of Thursday games. The NFL factored in for the first time what they're calling, Steve, rest disparity for teams that, you know, they didn't want teams to have a big difference from their opponent in terms of the rest going into that game. Is there any other thing like hints or clues you're looking for that you think might be actionable or at least might be enough to kind of nudge you in a direction? Sure. Well, as far as rest disparity, I'd be careful because if you're playing a team off of a bye, they're going to show up as having seven extra days of rest. But going to Cancun and drinking for five days, I don't know if that constitutes a significant rest advantage so I would look much more towards a situation where, say, a team has to play um, uh, against an opponent that played on Monday night football, where that is a significant advantage. So all rest disparity is not created the same. The number one thing I'm working on right now is strength of schedule. And what, the, what happens, ESPN rushes out in these other media places to rank, oh, here's the strength of schedules. Uh, for teams in 2018 based upon the results from 2017, that is largely uh, worthless because what's going to happen is that teams are were really bad in 2017, won't be bad in 2018. Example, the AFC South. The Houston Texans won four games. The Indianapolis Colts won four games. So it's easy to say, oh, the Tennessee Titans are going to have an easy schedule because they get to play four games against teams that only won four games. But the Colts should be a pretty good team, and Houston probably is going to be a playoff team. So doing a proper strength of schedule analysis is critical versus doing the one that's being printed right now or or sent out through the media. That's a big thing for our buddy uh, Warren Sharp when it comes to the strength of schedule. He really gets into that. Oh, he's really, really great with his high-level stuff. And he essentially, he and I do it, I believe, almost identically, where Warren has always said um, his first step, and he probably does more stuff than this, is to take Vegas's season win number. Um, so you, you look at the 16 games you play, and if you play against Seattle, how do you rate how difficult that game is? Well, Seattle's supposed to win eight and a half games this year, so you rate that an eight and a half and then go through all the teams and add them up in terms of getting who has the, t- the most difficult schedule. And then you certainly can tweak it based upon some of the factors that you were mentioning. For instance, do you have more games where you're on the road on Sunday and then you've got to play another road game on Thursday, some bad scheduling spots on top of it. But as far as the baseline, first place to start, I like Warren's approach. It's basically what all the pros have used for years. 
Yeah, I, that that makes a lot more sense to me, and that's the way they should do it. All right, let's get into it, Steve. What were your week one bets that you already made? How many of the books have the lines up, and how much movement is there typically between now and when we get to the season? Two-thirds of the books have their lines up, and as far as movement, you will typically see some significant movement. Some of the games won't move between now and September, I would say about half of the games will probably move at least a point. And if I'm going to tie my money up for five months, I'm going to want to bet games that I think are going to move. So basically every bet I'm making now, it's because I think I'm going to get a number that just isn't going to be there by um, basically May through September. That's interesting. So it's not necessarily about picking what you think will happen as much you know, in the game not about the game as much as you trying to, to you're predicting how you're going to get ahead of the number. Oftentimes, yes. Other times I like the game as well as I think the number will move. My very first game I bet, it just stood out completely, is that the Rams on Monday Night Football are at Oakland, and it opened Rams minus one and a half. And I know why it opened minus one and a half, because the bookmakers love to have a lot of respect for Oakland. They know the public loves to bet Oakland. But having said that, Russ, the Rams might be the best team in the NFL this year. The Rams are certainly a top five NFL team, and they've got all these acquisitions that might make them elite. Oakland is a middling, uh, right in the middle of the NFL type of team. I think they might be worse than a middle of the, of the pack team. I can't see how this line shouldn't be minus three on the Rams. At minus one and a half, absolutely, it was the first bet I made. Yeah, I, I think they're putting into the a lot of stock into the Gruden's first game back, Monday night football, all that stuff, playing at home. Um, my guess is that's a big part of it, but I, I think that's probably a pretty good bet. So the Rams are laying one and a half? Yes, and, and frankly, McVay lays so over Gruden in my initial power ratings right now. Now, maybe Gruden is fooling me. Maybe he's purposely going out there and saying things to make me think he's not a good NFL coach. But all this anti-talk about analytics and that stuff doesn't matter. We've got to go back to old school football. Football coaches are great at what they do with X's and O's for the most part. Their game decisions for years have been horrendous. We've talked about this. And finally, they uh, quite a few of the coaches, the Harbaugh's, obviously the Belichick's, um, Peterson for, for, um, for the Eagles, have figured it out. And the improvement's been significant. So if Gruden wants to go back to the old school, I am not optimistic about his success. Okay, what are your other two bets, Steve? Indianapolis Colts are hosting the Bengals, game 458. I bet the Colts pick them and minus one. It's no luck that Andrew Luck is going to be back. But I got to tell you, Ross, if he doesn't make it back by week one, I don't think he's going to be back, period. And I do think that there's about an 85% chance that Luck is going to be under center. If he is, the Colts are going to be laying three. And as long as they're laying three, it doesn't matter if he's effective or not. I just need him to be starting, and then I can do a whole lot with my Colts bet. What do you mean you can do a whole lot with your Colts bet? I could go bet the Bengals plus three and a half or bet the Bengals plus a dollar forty-five and just lock in a profit. Interesting. All right, man. 
I just when we do it during the season, I just look at the line and tell you what I think. You're on a whole different you're on a whole different level in terms of the games that you play and how you play them. All right, give me give me your last one. Well, let me ask you: Do you like that Colts bet minus one? Assuming we're not going to play back or anything, how likely do you? I, think I it do is, because Andrew? I think that they will be so motivated for Luck to play in that opener that I agree with you. Like, if he doesn't play in that opener, when is he going to play? Um, I am concerned that he's not even throwing a football yet. Still, and this we're talking the season's four and a half months away now. Um, and I've talked to doctors that have said you need at least three months of throwing a football regularly before you know sort of the health of the shoulder. Um, but I got to think everything's pointing towards that first game. Now, there is some question, he hasn't played in a long time, about how effective he'll be, how that game will go. Um, but I, I like it too. I do think he ends up playing, I hope, and I do think the line ends up being – you know, closer to three. I don't know what I would think if the line got there, but if you're looking to jump the line, I think that's a good bet. And then the third game, and this is probably the one that I'm worried about in terms of the line move, but I just couldn't help myself. 462, the New York Giants, plus four, hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. I get it. The Giants were terrible last year, but um, Odell Beckham should be back. No guarantee on that. The Giants did win 11 games two years ago. They did have a complete lame duck coach last year. I think the Giants are a slightly below average team, and Jacksonville is a fringe playoff team, not enough of a disparity to justify Jacksonville, especially week one, laying four points on the road. I think there's a lot to be said in week one sometimes too, Steve, for you know teams with new head coaches. You know, and just kind of a a fresh start, clean slate, that type of thing. Um, I think that sometimes you see results in week one with new coaches that you don't even end up getting later on down the line. So I think that that um, is a fair point. Let's get to um, let's get to a couple other sports since it's that time of year. Um, you don't have anything else NFL week one, right? Those are your three. That's my my big three. Yes. All right, what do you have on uh, what do you have on the NBA right now? I saw you even tweeting about this. Yes, yeah, so the NBA East is fascinating because early in the year Cleveland was the clear-cut favorite to win the East, obviously. Then Toronto, with that great bench, became the number one seed, and they became the the favorite to win the East. I'm going to make a case that the Philadelphia 76ers right now are the best team in the East. Back um, early in April, I bet the 76ers 8-1 to one to win the East. There's certainly sharp bettors out there. They got better prices than I did. This is the night that the 76ers beat Cleveland at home to move into the number three seed. So they've got a great path in front of them um, because they likely have – they're going to play Boston or Milwaukee. So um, they get to avoid Toronto. They get to avoid Cleveland until the finals. Toronto, their best bench player, Van Vliet, has not played more than three minutes the past four games, and he's critically important to back up Lowry. I've got the 76ers right now slightly better than Toronto, both teams slightly better than Cleveland. The city of Philadelphia is having a sports revival, Ross. I actually think they're going to do it, and they've got a very good chance to get to the NBA Finals. What's I don't follow it that closely. What's wrong with Van Fleet? 
he's got a back issue, um, was supposed to miss games one and two, came back and played three minutes in either game two or game three. And then I think game two, he played only three minutes and then he was out game three. He was the point guard for that great Wichita state team. And yeah. he's one of these under the radar guys that he's not DeRozan or Lowry. So people don't think about him very much, but that people are asking what's wrong with Toronto. Here's another flame out going on in the playoffs. Well, that's a big part of it without him. They're not much better than the previous Toronto uh, playoff teams. Um, that Toronto bench has been the best bench throughout the NBA, and that's no longer the case. Okay, so you bet the Sixers to win the East or to win the, everything at eight to one? To win the East at eight to one. Want no part of them. Um, not not saying they couldn't do it, but Houston and Golden State are still they still lay over everybody else in terms of power ratings in the NBA. It will be a massive upset for anyone in the East to beat one of those teams in the West. What about um, what about in the NHL? I know you're uh, you're jumping on the bandwagon. You're funny, Steve. Now that you actually have a pro team in your city, you're jumping on the bandwagon, aren't you? you you've got uh, you've got Golden Knight fever. No, <laughs> I I, well, I have Golden Knight fever, but it might be the bad kind of fever because I am against the bandwagon. The Golden Knights opened 500 to 1 in some places. So a lot of people in Vegas bet it just to have a souvenir ticket. Well, let me have a $20 ticket on the, the Knights at 500 to 1 and then 200 to 1. Well, the Knights are, they, they swept their first round series in the playoffs against the Kings. So they're into the Elite Eight. And now these Vegas books have enormous liabilities if the Knights win the championship. Vegas is going to lose millions. So they're starting to offer a yes-no prop. Will the Knights win? And they're only giving four to one in some places for them to win. But they're offering, you can bet the no at lay six to make a dollar. So, Ross, everyone in town is going to be rooting for the Knights except for me because I'm betting no, they won't win. And I don't really want to advertise it because I don't want to come across as anti my home team. But that's where the value is. That's funny, man. That's awesome. Steve, I love it. I love your NHL and NBA stuff, the draft schedule stuff. Now we know what to do. We go to betonline.ag. You use the code even money on your first deposits that you can earn that 50% welcome bonus up to $2,500 worth of sportsbook free plays. They've also got awesome live betting software. So if you guys want to bet during the NFL draft, that'd be fun. I might take advantage of that. You get free $25 on your first live bet. Do not forget to claim your 100% poker and casino bonus if you like doing that online as well. Again, you can bet any of these NBA, NHL games essentially risk-free. Just go to betonline.ag and use promo code EVENMONEY to score your $2,500 bonus. Other than that, that'll do it for this week's Even Money. We've got great shows all week. The mock draft with Fran on the college draft was awesome. We also already talked to Greg Cosell this week to get his thoughts on the safety prospects. A lot to discuss moving forward here, including next week we'll get Steve's thoughts on movement for lines and stuff after the draft and week one lines here on the Even Money podcast. Other than that, we appreciate the retweets, the likes, all those things. Send in your emails if you want to ask Steve a specific question. 
I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.